0: Podcast does not include prophets, dreams, visions, messages
1: from heaven, bishopships of the clasical Lord, White fleeces, dry fleeces, a heavy podcast, lighting, signs, or wonders.
0: And hopefully, no heresies. What's up, y'all? This is Reformers Radio, episode number four. We've been gone so long, I forgot I had a podcast. I'm your host, D.A., the Reformer, and we're back. After a long holiday break, I mean from about December till about ten minutes ago, was my holiday break. You know why? Because I do what I want. I'm a grown man with a beard. Mm. Um, Also, my wife had a a baby. Well, she pushed her. Um, She was gracious enough to carry our child for about nine months. And then deliver her because I didn't want to. So I'm very appreciative that she, you know, happily obliged. And uh, for that, I'm forever grateful. So, babe, if you're listening, that's for you. I love you. You did good, kid. Keep it up. But other than that, I know you're probably wondering, hey, you said this is episode four. What's going on? Where's episode three? Hey, D.A., you can't do math? Well, hold on. Before y'all jump on my back for my... Arithmetic skills. um Listen to this. I recorded episode three, right? So then, what had happened was I didn't like it, so I didn't let y'all hear it. So uh what may have to happen is on like hundredth episode, anniversary special, or something. I don't know. I might let y'all hear a little snippet of it or something. But I want to wait till I'm like popular enough, like till I'm so popular that I can literally do whatever I want and nobody care. Because all famous people reach that point where they're so famous that they can put out just trash, but people will still buy their stuff. That's the level I want to get to before I release episode three. I just want to, you know, not that I'm doing this to get popular or anything, but I will want to get that popular just to release episode three. If it's that important to you, all if it's not, then, you know, I can stay on this low, low key, local level and we could just keep doing this, you know, real real personal, real intimate like, you know? Um yeah. <laughs> Other than that, um this is just a reminder. Reformers Radio is listener supported, so if you're upset about the quality, you have only yourself to blame. Uh looking forward to tonight's today's um this episode of Reformers Radio. We're going to talk about uh we'll talk about music, music in the church, music outside the church. We're going to talk about uh a recent uh, adventure uh, took the family on. We went to go see uh, an apostle. Yeah. In 2016, there are apostles walking around preaching and stuff. So we're going to get into that. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm going to tell you about a couple of changes that I got going on, or at least that I'm thinking about doing concerning the podcast. So, I mean, with that, uh, I think this track would be appropriate
1: Jesus Christ is King
0: So earlier this week uh, I was at work and I came across an article about uh 10 songs that this author feels like we should stop singing in church. And um, you know it was a regular list of contemporary uh worship songs and a couple of them are really sappy um that uh I forget the name of it but that one line in it where it says that heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss. <sighs> I quiver literally every time I hear that. I remember the first time I heard it, and I'm like, that's just weird. I don't want to sing that. Um, anyway, I shared that article with a, a coworker, and we ended up having this discussion about worship music and what it should be like and, you know, what's okay and what isn't okay. Of course, I took the position, if the song isn't, first of all, reverent, um, it doesn't need to be sung especially in the assembly of the congregation during corporate worship. I mean, there's literally no place for that. Um, Also, I would say, you know, the song should have some type of substance to it. It shouldn't just be a bunch of vain repetition, but you should learn something from the song. Songs are one of the greatest teaching tools there are. So, When you have the opportunity to impart some type of biblical truth, especially to children, you know, why wouldn't you take that opportunity? But instead, America today, for whatever reason, um, loves cotton candy theology. They love that, you know, that sugar-coated, lovey-dovey, Jesus is my boyfriend kind of music. And I'm just not down with it. So anyway, that was my position, you know. And my coworker took the standpoint of it doesn't matter what you're singing because God knows your heart. He knows that when you're singing a song to Him, it doesn't matter what the words are because they're about Him. So, of course, to me, that, you know, position just doesn't really make sense. I mean, I understand where, where they're coming from, but at the end of the day, especially in corporate worship, the songs should be About God, to God. That's it. You know, it it really—it's not about how you feel, even if you did write the song from you know the depths of your heart, or they are an exact representation of your feelings toward God. You know, the songs don't need to be so surfacey. I mean, so shallow. God gave us a mind, and he gave us his word, and we can mine out deep truth about him, like great truths. There are, There's so much to be known about God, and we have the ability to know it. So when we find these things out, when we learn these things, why wouldn't we put them in songs and sing these truths back to God? Because there's a great way to worship and we ingrain these truths into our mind. Um, that's why I like that song by Ghost Ship. You know, I remember the first time I heard it, it comes on. And, you know, off the get-go, Jesus Christ is king, he's going to reign forever. Point blank, simple period. And as you're going through life, and these songs just randomly pop up in your head, you re- you're reminding yourself about these truths. So not only are you teaching yourself theology and reminding yourself of theology but you're also encouraging yourself at the same time you know hearing a song like that at a time where your day may not be going so good you're feeling a little down in the dumps you don't feel like anybody might have your back at that moment but then you hear that Jesus Christ is king and he's gonna reign forever not only is he going to reign forever but he's king right now so you can take heart and rejoice in that fact that hey the god i serve is king of the universe yeah my life right now is like a, a glass of spilled milk but i'm not going to cry over it it's upsetting yes but it's not the end of the world god is still in control and to worry is pointless and you know hearing that song at a time like that definitely beneficial Also, if you sing it, you know, in worship, I feel like that'd be a great place to sing that song. When all the children of God get together in a local assembly and together declare the kingship of Jesus Christ. And the fact that he reigns now and that he's going to reign forever. That's why um, I particularly like Ghost Ship, Um, you know. They were the first group that I heard whose song. I mean, outside of Shyland and his lyrical theology, Ghost Ship was one of the first groups that I heard that really went in with the theology, and the depth of it is is really mind blowing at times because you. I'm not used to hearing songs like that. I listen to a lot of the the songs I grew up listening to sometimes, and it's like, yeah, okay, the, you know. It, what they're saying may be true But it's, it's just not on the same level You know But That That leads me into this point that You know Songs that we sing in church Versus The songs we may sing or listen to outside of church You know Is, is there any room for Entertainment music I will say And You know I don't think scripture gives a hard and fast rule for it, so I'm not going to give you one. And plus, I'm, I'm in no position to do so either way. But in my humble estimation, I don't believe that Christians can nor should listen to everything. Um, you know, my mind's going back to that scripture in Corinthians where Paul was answering the objection. He, they said to him, you know, I can do all things. And Paul's like, yeah, but all things aren't beneficial. You know, it's like I can do all things, but all things don't build up. So there is a there's an element of wisdom that definitely needs to be exercised when choosing entertainment, especially in music, because you don't want to get a silly song stuck in your head. And then you're just walking around spewing out nonsense. So that's definitely something to to watch out for, I think. Um, Especially if you have kids Because they're like sponges And they soak up everything So why not put them in an environment Where the truths of God Are going to be proclaimed It only makes sense, you know So Moving on I think I want to Do this one And I'm going to Because it's funny And I like it
1: One, two, one, two Yeah, false teacher Dedication to my brothers and sisters on the great continent of Africa, the saints in Malawi, Ghana, Nigeria, Kenya, Zimbabwe. Don't be deceived by what America's sending y'all, man. Let me begin while there's still ink left in my pen. I'm set to contend for truth. You can bet we'll offend. Deception within the church, man, who's letting them in? We talked about this years ago. Let's address it again. Yeah. And I ain't really trying to start beef. But some who claim to be part of the sheep got some sharp teeth They catch it mean when you criticize them But Jesus told us Matthew 7, 16, we can recognize them And God forbid that for the love of some fans I keep quiet and watch them die with their blood on my hands So there's nothing left for me to do except to speak to you In the spirit of Jude 3 and 2 Peter 2 And I know that some will label me a Pharisee Because today the only heresy is saying that this heresy I'll dare to be specific and drop some clarity On the popularity of the gospel of prosperity Turn off TBN, that channel is overrated The pastors speak bogus statements, financially motivated It's kinda like a pyramid scheme Visualize heretics Christianizing the American dream It's foul and deceitful, they're lying to people Teaching that camel squeezed through the eye of a needle Ungodly and wicked, ask yourself how can they not be convicted Treating Jesus like a lottery ticket And you're thinking they're not the dangerous type Cause some of the statements are right That only proves that Satan comes as an angel of light This teaching can't be believed without a call the lie is you can achieve a crown without a cross. And I hear it all the time when they speak on the block. Even unbelievers are shocked how they're feasting the flock. It should be obvious then, yeah, I'll explain why it's sin. Peep the Bible listen. sin, 1 Timothy 6, 9 and 10. It talks about how the desire for riches has left many souls on fire and stitches, mired in ditches. Tell me, who would teach you to pursue as a goal? The very thing that the Bible says will ruin your soul, huh? Yet they're encouraging the love of money. To make it worse, they've exported this garbage into Other countries, my heart breaks even now as I'm rhyming. You wanna know what all false teachers have in common? What? It's called selfism, the fastest growing religion. Just dress it up and call it Christian Don't be deceived by this funny biz If you come to Jesus for money Then he's not your God, money, money is. is Jesus is not a means to an end no. The gospel is he came to redeem us from sin And that is the message forever I'll yell If you're living your best life now You're headed for hell Talk to him. Joel Alstein, false teacher Let him know. Crackle Dollar is a false teacher twelve, twelve. Benny Hinn is a false teacher twelve. I know they're popular but don't let them deceive you
0: Alright, y'all get the picture. That's our Shaolin False teachers. Now be uh be on your toes. Uh, be aware. Um, uh, let me be clear. <laughs> I'm not saying that uh, the individual in which I'm about to talk about is a false teacher. But you know some things were definitely said that don't jive with scripture. And I mean we're gonna start at the fact that uh the brother, well, f- first, first, let me uh, start here. Uh, my family and I were invited to a service Sunday morning um, where an apostle would be. So when I was informed of this, I was like, oh, snap, an apostle in 2016, that's crazy. So I looked at my wife and I, asked, I was like, yo, so did this brother like see Jesus's ministry from the day he was baptized and then? Like witness him in the resurrection like after he rose from the dead And was he commissioned By Christ Oh snap Somebody called the news We got an apostle Doing miracles and signs and wonders Yeah so um, I do think that We all know that apostles uh, Kind of stopped existing Back in the first century So that's One thing and then, um, you know, when we got, we got there late and the, the preacher was already in the middle of his message and I eventually caught on to the fact that he was preaching the passage where David had asked if there was anyone left in Saul's house. And they told him about Mephibosheth that was down in Lodabar, who had the crippled feet. And David brought him up and set him up at the king's table. And took care of all of his needs. Um, Exegetically, it was a train wreck, yo. I haven't witnessed anything like that in person in a while. Um, Yeah, it was just, you know, the crazy thing about it is he was expositionally destroying the text. And what I mean by that, he was destroying the text line by line. You know, he would read a verse and then relate it to something completely unrelated. It's funny because um, on the way home, after the service, I looked at my wife and I said, first of all, nowhere in that story are we there. It's not about us at all. That's thing one. Thing two, it's all about Christ. So the point would have been to make sermon about Christ because that's who Scripture is about. From beginning to end. So, I mean, verse, instead of saying that God is wanting to bring us up to the king's table and provide all of our needs and, you know, do all this stuff for us. How about talking about how God and his, you know, holy and high position when he didn't have to come get us, he didn't have to save us, but he did it anyway. And through the sacrifice of his son made a way for us to be able To be reconciled to him. How come the preacher couldn't have talked about that? This sermon would have probably hit just as hard. You can preach with just as much emotion. But speak the truth. You know, it's so much better to speak an eternal truth about God than to say that, you know, God's going to do such and such for me if I do whatever. You know, some of the statements that were made... While I was there, it was uh, pretty mind-blowing. You know, one thing that was said, I'm going to share a couple of these quotes with you. One thing that was said was that there was something in the spirit over our heads. And I looked up and I said, oh, snap, there's something over my head, but I don't see it. So it must not be there. But he saw it, though. But he saw it usually usually when we have individuals seeing things that aren't necessarily there we usually have special rooms with pillows on the wall for them but apparently when it's coming over the pulpit people can see and say what they want (laughs) um at least this is what i'm coming to find out coming to know he also also the apostle the apostle he uh he saw three angels in the spirit when they showed up. I remember that. There were three. And he said. The Calvary showed up. He said Calvary is here. He's like not Calvary. Not the cross. But the Calvary like reinforcements. Everybody was like. Oh snap. Angels. The angels are here. So he uh, he kept going on about. You know what he was saying. And then. Right toward the end of the sermon. He had everybody up. Um, holding hands and praying. And speaking in tongues. This brother. Like every five or six sentences, he would speak in tongues. And I was like, okay, interpret. I'm waiting for an interpreter to go and interpret. But the, lo and behold, no one ever interpreted. Um, yeah. So there was just so much outside of the biblical, biblical bounds of what is to correctly be done in a worship service. Um, especially when preaching the word of God, it was quite eye opening. And then and the person that invited us, I didn't talk to them after the service about you know my observations or the uh, apostle's observations. But anyway, uh, he had said that <laughs> God had given him the authority to release the angels on our behalf. To I. Don't know to do what, I guess angel stuff. But I, I'm okay, you know. I, I got you know a direct line to the boss upstairs. I don't think I need, and I don't need you to release an angel for me. I can call directly for help and get through. Jesus made that way. I, I thank you for your help though. Appreciate your resources, bro, but they won't be necessary so, I mean it's um it's interesting though, because I want to tell this person I invited us that that service was a total farce of anything biblical, but you know it's uh it definitely takes wisdom in deciding when to approach somebody about these things, especially when you know they particularly enjoy that type of stuff, you know, and it wasn't. Feel like it was yesterday I was right there In the thick of it too You know I would've You know A few years ago I would've jumped up And shouted amen At everything he was saying But You know I thank God that When I was presented with uh, The biblical truth Of the way things are um, That I was able to Accept it And everybody's not there God hasn't You know Enabled everybody to To be at that point um but you know it it definitely does take wisdom in calling out false teachers and false false teaching um also i do believe that there is an element of separating the individual the man or woman preacher whatever um from the false teaching because i i do believe that there are those who are legitimately deceived and for them, preaching falsely um, is a would be considered a true mistake. I don't um I don't doubt that there are those who just kind of grow up in the culture and grow up in the Christianity, and they can speak the Christianese and and the gibberish. So for them, I I wouldn't say that they're you know. Patently false teachers You know Doing it on purpose But You know Once they're approached And somebody says Hey You're doing this Scripture says that What do you have to say for yourself If they repent And kind of change And they change their ways Great You've won a brother But And you know I'm afraid that for a lot of folk They fall into this but category Once you present them With biblical truth They'd be quick to say, well, that's not what the Lord showed me or that's not what the Lord told me, Um, which is another thing. uh, The uh, apostle was hearing from God, like, on the spot during the service. There there were multiple times where he was like, you know, I hear the Spirit saying this, and God is saying that right now, and I'm just like, okay, what does the Bible say? I understand I can be a little cynical at times, but... Just give us the word, bro. If you've, been, if you've been called to preach and if you have the ability to stand up in a pulpit and people come to hear the word of God, give us the word, man. It's really time that those who know the true word of God, and when, I'm, when I say know the true word of God, I mean they can rightly divide scripture, or they just know what scripture says truthfully. Um, we gotta confront these people, like in our in our own context. I know I see a lot of it on Twitter. It happens every day. Some of you every summer turn around are involved in shutting somebody down and I pray for your pray for your sanity. I really do. <laughs> I, I can't do it, not not every day. But at the end, at the end, the souls are at stake. So confronting every heresy at every turn can get tiresome, especially when you're trying to do it in 140 characters or less. Uh, but when you have the opportunity to do it in life and, you know, person to person, face to face, do it. We, we need to take every opportunity to... Let the light of the word shine. Not that we're trying to defend the truth of scripture, but that we're just trying to show what that truth is. You know, um, I am particularly close to the individual that invited us to this service. And uh, I know quite a bit about their history. So I I'm awaiting my moment, you know. Uh, when the Lord opens that door, I'll be able to say, Hey, you know, he's not an apostle, right? And then we'll be able to go to Acts and I'll say, Hey, these were the qualifications for an apostle. So if an individual didn't meet these qualifications, then they're not an apostle. But I know the the response that I'm going to get is going to be, Oh, well, they're not like that kind of apostle. I'm like, Well, there's really only one kind of apostle. It's kind of like when people try to separate, they try to break down the, um, New Testament prophecy to make it different from Old Testament prophecy when scripture nowhere makes that distinction. You know, uh, that's a whole different argument in itself, but we'll deal with that another time. (laughs) But yeah, um, we definitely need wisdom. We need the word. And when the time is right, I will take this individual aside and say, hey, quit playing games. You're old enough. Your kids have kids. Just uh, stop playing around, for real. It's getting old. It's sad because it really does. It hits a point where you know people either they haven't been enabled to believe, which I think ultimately is you know the ultimate reason, or they just suppress. They continue to suppress the truth um, with their emotionalism, with their private experience, which is big for a lot of folk. I um it's tough to argue subjectively, I mean objectively with an individual who's being extremely subjective. Especially when it comes to spiritual issues such as the word of God and what it says you know people they see the they see the bible like yeah that's the word of god but the holy spirit also told me this morning you know there were times I was in services where somebody would get up and they would read what the holy spirit told them that day in their quiet time and looking back at it, I'm like yo so basically what you're doing is writing new scripture yeah no you didn't put it behind revelation but essentially that's what you just did because you said the Holy Spirit said this and I wrote that. That sounds a lot like what the um, writers of the, of the of Scripture did. That men, as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit, wrote down what God had gave them. Yeah. When we take these uh, these arguments to the logical conclusions, it doesn't look good. But when apparently God speaks to people, you can't tell them different because, you, you know... It's God So It is what it is I'm I'm gonna get off that soapbox for now I'm gonna take a quick break and I'm gonna come back And Talk to you about a couple of the changes uh, I'll be bringing to the podcast Sit tight
1: phone check, one, two, first, water to the dry and weary soul of the true church, the kind of things that you search, they say that the truth. Hurts. Well, this pain is gained, so let's explain the new birth. First things first, can't neglect us at the start. I must preface my remarks with the deadness of the heart. From original sin, the effects of the fall. The sin of our first parents brought death to us all. Since Adam was our federal head, what he did counted for us. and him, we're all rebels and dead. Yo, captured in the mind, disaster, sinning crimes in a dark state. Alaska in the winter time, sour in our frames. Left to ourselves, we'd be devoured in the flames. Because we're powerless to change, if you feel... That way, I pray that you respond happily, as you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 3. <laughs> by the grace of God, I've been regenerated. Regeneration made me do it a whole By the grace of God, I've been regenerated. Regenerated by the Lord. If you peep this. You'll see that verse one is my thesis It's the deepest Truth that should get you speechless What scripture teaches will fill in the missing pieces Picture Jesus meeting up with Nicodemus Perhaps it was fright About the other Pharisees Wicked spite against Christ That turned this into naked night He called the rabbi And gave him props Said he was a teacher from God Jesus replied, made him stop Regarding the kingdom of God No one's going in In fact, you can't even see it Unless you're born again That must
0: have consumed All right, we're back In case you've forgotten by now, so... It's been quite a while. You listening to Reformers Radio with Da the Reformer, not because I'm you know, on a crusade in the world against heresy or anything like that, but I mean, you know, I'm just a regular guy reforming my theology, reforming my life. So I mean, why not be a reformer, bruh? I mean, it's pretty cool. Anyway, in that vein of thinking, um, a couple, one change really um, I'm bringing to the podcast. Instead of doing the uh, Theology Matters section in the podcast that I thought about doing um, inside of every um, show, what is going to be? That's going to be its own separate show, just Theology Matters. We can take one theological matter and break it down. Right now, um, I'm getting stuff together. We talk about the doctrine of Scripture, because I think that's a great place to start when talking about theological matters. So, studying up on that, getting that ready for you all, and it's going to be a separate show from the regular podcast, I guess. I mean, it's going to be a part of the podcast, but it's going to be its own entity within the Reformers Radio umbrella, if that makes any sense. I'm sure it does because I understand it, and if you don't remember, Reformers Radio is listener-supported, so if you don't like it, it's your fault. Anyway, a couple shout-outs before we get out of here. First things first, uh, I want to shout out Jeremy Ludmark from After the Sermon. His brother had gave me a shout out, I don't know, weeks or months ago now. And because I haven't been here in about three years, I haven't had a chance to shout him out get back. He had uh, suggested that people listen to the show, and he hadn't even heard one yet. And when I found that out, I said, brother, that's a mistake because I'm unpolished and not smooth, but I do have a nice radio voice, so I've been told. But anyway, yeah, shouts out to him, Jeremy Ludmark, after the sermon. Check out his podcast. He's doing a lot of good things over there. He's having um, some good guests come on. They're having great conversation. Make sure you check them out. Also, I want to shout out com. I brought some clothes from MissionAware.com, and they're comfortable, and they make they feel good on my skin, and they make statements. I brought I bought a um, a hoodie that says Jesus is God and I wore it to work and I have people comment and they say oh Jesus is God I'm like you know it they say Jesus is God huh? I'm like all day they say hey Jesus is God I thought Jesus was God's son I'm like he is and yeah like wait so he's God right and I'm like yeah so it's like he's God's son I'm like right it's like so which isn't like he's both brother google hypostatic union and i left so missionaware.com clothes are great conversation starters and great ways to open the door to spread the gospel so i'm sure everybody listening knows about mission but whatever i just wanted to share that story so booyah this was fun it always is so I can't tell you when I'm going to be back It's Valentine's Day weekend coming up I might try to get to show up about Love and stuff It's not going to be super deep or anything But whatever But I, I did have somebody recently tell me that when, when I discuss theological matters I don't do it in a loving way So I'm going to respond to them Although they don't listen to this podcast Whatever It is what it is Um I do believe that there's a a way to spread gospel, um, spread gospel, truth and love. So we're going to talk about that a little bit and what it it is and what it isn't. But we're all grown adults. I'm sure you all know. So um, until we meet again, go reform something.